0: With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible.
1: It's 21 questions presented by our good friends at MacDoodles. I'm here with my good friend Craig Stout, possibly the biggest MacDoodles fan at Casey Sports Network. No, he is the biggest MacDoodles fan at Casey Sports Network, aren't you, Craig?
2: Unquestionably. I might maybe in the world. <laughs> uh, I might be the biggest MacDoodles fan in the world. As I've explained multiple times on this very podcast, I was visiting MacDoodles for decades, literal decades before We landed them as a sponsor. They're one of my very favorite liquor stores, and they are now in Lee's Summit, Missouri. They are wide open. I cannot wait to get up there to get to that new store to hang out there. It's going to be a good time. If you're up there in Kansas City, that is your new spot to go get liquor. Go there. You're going to be best prices, best service, best recommendations, best selection, best everything. Like just they cultivate happiness at that liquor (laughs) store so go there and be happy and we appreciate them making us happy by being one of our primary sponsors for this show it's a unique experience out there i have i've learned at a mac
1: so it's it's great uh this 21 questions this are questions asked by the subscribers of the kcsn substack uh you get access to the discord channel which is a just thriving awesome community of chiefs fans uh that and and fans of other stuff we still have all kinds of conversations going all the time on there so go check that out you can get subscription to the kcsn substack gets you access to the discord that's where we get all these questions and a ton of really cool conversations and fun things that happen over there so uh i think the description or the the link is in the description of this show if you want to try to access that as well yep. Uh, We'll start with Gooby 35. Looking at the rest of the regular season schedule, what
2: game are you most concerned about, Craig? I I mean, I think the easy answer is the Bengals with Jamar Chase. Caveat there. It's got to be with Jamar Chase. If they don't have Jamar Chase, I'm not worried about him. So I'm I'm not going to take the easy answer, though. Seahawks. I think the Seahawks Hmm. are a little bit salty. Um, Geno Smith is obviously playing well above what we've ever seen him play, and that defense is playing better than the sum of its parts now it's a game that i think the chiefs will be favored in and should win but like that's a little bit of a salty game there especially if the seahawks decide that they're just going to lean on the legs of kenneth walker and allow geno smith to get the play action deep passing game going like that could that, that could spell trouble like that that's a little bit of trouble for the chiefs defense
1: let Gino cook. I, the low-hanging yeah. fruit is this week, though. I think this uh, the magnitude of this game yeah. cannot be overstated against the Chargers. Uh, it's a huge one. Uh, I think this is... I, I I got some stuff that'll be cooking in the KCSN sub-stack as well about this. Uh, Robbie asks, Craig and Tucker convinced me to go to the draft in last week's show. So will there be a KC event slash meetup for the draft? Uh, there will be plenty of KCSN things uh going on so just that that is I am not allowed to say anything but we there's plenty (laughs) of stuff in the works uh it's going to be I can't wait for draft season I mean it's always obviously a big thing for all of us here uh it's Mm -hmm. we are going to have a great time with the draft being in Kansas City and yes it's it's it'll it'll be worth it uh, Z Andera asks behind Chris Jones, who is playing like our second best defender at this current moment. Gregory,
2: Ooh. I, I think I'm going to say Colin Saunders. Um, there's a lot of guys that could contend for that. Like I might even throw a Ter- turret McDuffie in. There I was going to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to like, risk it uh, all for Trent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to say Colin. Uh, Colin is playing incredible. Like he really is. He's doing things. Along the defensive line, they're making things so much easier for the linebackers. Nick Bolton has eight tackles for loss this season, and a lot of them I can remember are because he's playing behind Colin because Colin is gaining penetration or closing a gap or just making things easier up front. We talk about it all the time, the defensive film breakdown, but I I think that Colin is having a much bigger impact, a, a bigger ripple effect on the entire defense with his play there, more negative plays more freedom for everybody else to do stuff. And he's obviously just doing a whole bunch of great things that we all see, you know, snap after snap on the broadcast view and a lot of the dirty work as well. Gausley
1: asks, are the Chiefs and Dolphins on a collision course to beat in the playoffs? Yeah, there's a yeah. chance. Like, obviously, like, I think both of those teams are definitely going to be in the playoffs. That's going to be tremendous content if they do. And I mean, I, I obviously, I don't think that the uh, – I don't think that the uh, NFL can really help sway that in any way, shape, or form. But I what? just it does seem like there's some there's some there's some chances that that could happen because like I think I think the Bills are gonna win the division. I think they'll be the AFC East, you know, champs. I don't think the Chiefs will be in the two seven matchup. With uh, with the with the, you know, with the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins will probably be the five seed if they're not the one seed, the way it's shaping up. So you're looking at, you know, you might need an upset or two. Um, You might need an upset or two. We'll see what happens there. But I, I it's in the realm of possibility.
2: I think the what the NFL wants the most in the AFC playoffs, Chiefs get the one seed. Let's just go ahead and say Chiefs get the one seed. They would want that very next matchup would be the Dolphins winning their wild card matchup going to Kansas City. And then they want the Chiefs to win so that they can then play the Bills. Those are the two biggest money games that's available in the AFC right now. So I, I, I think that, yes, there is a crash course there at one stage or another in the playoffs between those two teams.
1: Uh, Grayson Jaspers ask who could replace Juju's role, Marquez Valdez Scantling's role, and McCall's role in the draft. So, I'm not gonna maddie answer entirely. I don't think like I think Sky Moore's involvement and I think Cordarius Tony's involvement are probably gonna be a bigger factor in next year's offense than I think when you're looking at these three potential guys that can go out. So, like if you're looking at who can replace McColl, Kadarius Tony can do a lot of the things that he can do. MVS and Juju, obviously a little trickier with Sky Moore. I think things kind of, you know, change a little bit offensively. As far as who the Chiefs could draft, I'll I'll ask, I'm just going to ask you Craig. I don't think I Quentin Johnson would be fun. I don't think I the think Chiefs are, th- I don't think the Chiefs are drafting a receiver though.
2: I, I I don't know that they would spend a round one pick, but if you want a guy that can replace all their roles, Quentin, <laughs> Quentin Johnson would be a nice fit. I mean, like he's got the physical stuff from Juju. He's got the speed that a McColl or an MVS has. He's got the length of MVS. So, and he's much better ball tracker than those other two guys on the vertical plane. So, like Quentin Johnson would be fun as hell. Like he would be so fun in this offense. If you want one dude, that that's my dude this year. But he also might go before the Chiefs even pick. He's that good of a receiver.
1: I'll just be stunned if they go receiver early. I think, you know, I, I think it's more like and I I know that's not the maybe that's not necessarily the spirit of the answer or what or of the question and maybe not what Grayson wanted, but like Man, I, I don't even think it's a super realistic scenario that they go big at receiver in round one. So Quentin Johnson but I, I Quinton, think value has to
2: fall. I think that's what you, it's gotta be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like if you look at a group with Quinst Quentin uh Johnson, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore, that's a fun group. I mean that's oh, a fun it's group. So fun. So and fun. Envious is on the roster next year, too. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There's there's plenty to think about there. Positive a toast, he asks, based on his uh, performance this year what is the contract that Orlando Brown Jr deserves Greg uh the one that
2: they offered him last year uh you know caps going up so naturally the price tag of everything is going to go up tackles are about to get really expensive there's going to be a bunch of dudes that are hitting the market and getting paid a lot of money probably this offseason for some of those guys on rookie deals and then definitely next offseason I think if the Chiefs offered the same deal that they offered this past year which is going to include a whole bunch of funny money at the end but you know if they offered that same deal that roughly that same APY I think that I, I think he's played that well and it kind of rectifies things for the Chiefs and it also doesn't break you when it comes to the cap. Orlando Brown Jr has been playing a lot better as of late. A lot, lot better. We're seeing that upswing towards the end of the year again so if he continues out the season he's well worth that again it just i'm curious if he takes it yeah i i mean he the, he shouldn't he should just play on the tag again if he was willing to play on the tag this year then he should play right. on the tag next year
1: so the yeah. orlando the this orlando brown saga last year was so bizarre and I just it it'll, I'm his contract negotiation and the stories surrounding it I'm not looking forward to. Hopefully it's just a quick seamless easy train you know they 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 get him done on a deal and it's fair and you know but like I just I I'm not overly optimistic. I just I think we're in for another similar off season this year potentially even though a little bit less leverage is gone cuz it's just another tag year but mm-hmm. um I, I'm it it's gonna be interesting i really i really i really think that um mike denny our guy are you team downtown k if so what would you want to see done with the space where the
2: k currently is craig oh are you hyped yes. Oh, I'm hyped. I am team downtown baseball stadium. I love downtown baseball stadiums. I know that people are going to say, well, what about tailgating? What about all that stuff? I get it. I get all those arguments and I got no good solution because they're (laughs) going to funnel you through like power and light or through something and something like that. And that's where they're going to have it happen. That's going to suck. And I'm not I'm not saying that it's going to be any better, but I love downtown Baseball. Every downtown baseball stadium that I've ever been to, it's always been such a positive and cool experience. And things kind of build up around that. Like I think it's specifically of Denver, that the Rocky mm. Stadium. That oh, it's just, so cool. Oh, it's so cool to just walk down there, just hang out, grab some beers, mosey on into the stadium. It's really fun to be able to do all of that. So that being said. If the K isn't out there at Truman Sports Complex anymore, I think it's time to build a new stadium or a new practice facility out there for the Chiefs. Something has to happen. And I think the Chiefs are just going to take it over. Tailgating will still happen in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. That's not going to change. But I think that the Chiefs are just going to sprawl out, take it over, put some new digs in there. They're certainly making money hand over fist with Patrick Mahomes right now. I think they'll strike while they can and just uh, funnel that into new facilities
1: i'll put i'll put a pin in the new K uh or in the where this where the k is currently i'll put a pin in that i am also team downtown k i would love the idea of of that moving you know downtown i think there's some areas of the downtown that could help kind of revitalize a little bit too and present some economic value there but like i i actually kind of work pretty close to the stadiums and the area surrounding it just there's not a you know there's not a ton of restaurants um you got to go seven eight miles uh, away to find you know a bunch of restaurants there's a gates there i i'll go to lunch from sometime off 40 highway but there's just not Mm -hmm. a ton of restaurants like there's a taco bell across the street from this from the facility or you know from the from the stadiums and you know it's just there's just not a ton you know kind of going on around that area where if you if you build a downtown stadium you've got restaurants right like you talk about i went down to, to rocky stadium uh it's a course field and we had a really nice dinner you know before we went into the game and i mean it was a little bit crazy getting out of there for sure like mm-hmm. you know like it, it's a little bit I, oh, I, I get traffic's it. gonna
2: be a nightmare but i think people forget how much of a nightmare it can be getting out of the truman sports complex as well
1: not as much when the royals are playing
2: well (laughs) not as much
1: it's it's coming it's It's coming it's coming but you know i i am very much team downtown build a new arrowhead i (laughs) i think they're making i think the last we kind of heard is they're making some They're making some, you know, some upgrades to Arrowhead uh, in the very near future. But man, it I I don't know if I would hate a new Arrowhead. I know some people are going to like not like that take, but I think it'd be kind of cool to see the house that Mahomes built and what it looks like. And maybe it's a dome and maybe you hope host a Super Bowl because you turn it into a dome and I don't know or or a retractable
2: roof. Are you, Craig, are you about to, you're like, you like? what's so funny? Like, what are you like, Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I'm hacking up a lung over here. I'm doing oh, okay. what you were doing, like, four weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No,
1: the, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, did I give it to you? I haven't seen you since, but, you know. No, no. That, it would be better if you aspect. had. <laughs> uh, we are going to take a break to let Tucker D. Franklin talk about Liquid Death.
3: Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I have to tell you about some of these strange tall boys of beer that you might see in the bottled water section of your favorite store. Well, it's not actually beer. It's a liquid mountain spring water company from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And you might be wondering, Tucker, why is it called Liquid Death? Well, let me tell you, it's because... They'll brutally murder your thirst. That's right. Not only are they going to brutally murder your thirst, they are going to brutally murder plastic pollution in the process. It's wonderful with their infinitely recyclable aluminum cans. They also donate ten percent of their proceeds from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. It's great. They've got four flavors. They have regular sparkling water. They've got still water, which is the mountain spring water, and they have uh, mango. They have Uh, berry flavored and they also have the one I like here, the severed lime. I'm going to go ahead and crack it on open and you can get a Liquid Death at your local Target Walmart 7-Eleven or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Me, Tucker, Craig, all wearing the same hoodie right now, too. Just great. And I, me, me and Tucker have a lot in common because we both like liquid death as well. I'm sure you do, too, Craig. But I've actually had some recently uh, that I have right here. So it's real nice. Um, Zach Oracle Fomagorkin. What contract would you negotiate with Frank Clark to have him return?
2: I mean, uh, this is tough because uh, I'm a big proponent of Bill Parcells' progress stoppers mentality. And Frank Clark is a good football player, and I'm glad that he is on this roster this year. I would be looking to see if they can get younger. And Brett Veach, I think, is going to look to see if he can get younger. I think if they had another younger option, that Frank Clark wouldn't be on this roster this, this past year. Mm -hmm. Obviously they restructured, they were able to make something work. We are glad for that with the defensive end room, the way that it is. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's obviously a low number that I would be more than happy to have a veteran player like that on the roster, but I'm also kind of sort of ready to move forward and to see what else that the chiefs can do here, see what they can get on the field. Somebody that can be on the field, maybe a little bit more, you know, not dealing with a amount of issues that he is and obviously we hope that he gets those fixed but availability is your best ability so you know if you can't be on the field you know take a swing at another young guy take another swing try and find another Carl loftus or something and just see if you can find somebody that can play like frank clark has played for the past several years
1: yeah this is gonna sound weird like you talk about progress stopper. I don't know if Frank Clark is necessarily a progress stopper for me, but what I do think is he's a crutch for Steve Spagnolo. And I think that's the thing that I kind of come back to where I do think Steve Spagnolo 10 has a tendency to want to kind of lean on guys that have been here, guys that know what he wants out of them, what he expects out of them. Um, into a fault so like i i'm and i don't want to criticize Sp- spags to call him a progress stopper either because like that's not fair <laughs> but i do feel like there are there are guys that he'll lean on as a crutch and so if you're bringing frank clark back on a reasonable contract what does that do for the development of some of your other younger guys and i think that's the thing i it's 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 in the same vein i if you can trust spags to not <laughs> you know stunt the growth of maybe a younger guy i have zero problems bringing him back on a contract honestly so uh no chicken tonight 17 game masters aside does patrick mahomes have a leg- legitimate shot at fifty uh, five thousand four hundred and seventy seven passing yards this season averaging 318 yards per game the rest of the way would get it done Imagine Week 18 taking the record away from the Broncos while playing the Raiders. Um I think it's in the realm of possibility. I don't think I'm banking on it 318 yards per game is a lot. It is. Um it's a, I mean it's it's a lot. 5000. If you want to if you want to set the line at 5k, I'm um, I am I'll listen. I think that's very reasonable. 318 is tough though, man. 318 is a
2: lot. Kent, do you remember the last time that he threw for under 318 in a game? Oh, I no. It was week five against the Raiders. Every game since then, he has eclipsed that number. So he is now to, yeah, that that's right, sir. He's on pace right now. If he just finishes the season with the averages that he's had so far this season, would have five thousand five hundred and forty five yards. That is that is what it will be for a 17 game season. So he does <laughs> have a shot at that record just by playing. The, the same exact way that he's been playing, obviously, if he keeps turning it up here. Because, again, the last several weeks here, you've got against Buffalo, 338, against San Francisco, 423, against Tennessee, we remember, the 446, and then last weekend against Jacksonville, 331. Man, slinging it all over the yard with a whole bunch of players, a whole bunch of different True receivers, Lord. too. So, I mean, the, well, <laughs> I think he's going to get it. The thing that's also in the back of my mind, though, with this
1: is that they may not be playing week 18. And, like, that's the other thing, like, just sitting in the back of my head is like, this team may not even be playing. Like, that's one game that could take that away from them. And so, like, I'm, I don't know, man. I, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> and he won't,
2: Andy won't, it's, he's not going to risk anything, especially against the Broncos that have an actual good defense. Like he's not, he's not going to risk anything by trotting him out there to try and get a record that doesn't, it only no. matters to Patrick. Like now and Patrick won't want to do it either. Are we he's sure? It, I, yeah. Are we
1: sure how much it matters to the Mahomes either that he yeah. want to, you know, it does. I don't think it, does. Yeah, don't think it does. Although
2: if he's even close to it, man, just, just go ahead, <laughs> bubble wrap that MVP and start sending it Kansas city's way.
1: I hope you got Mahomes uh, with one of those free bets you got on DraftKings. I did. Hmm. Might pay off for you. Nine to one. Not an ad. (laughs) B-Higgs 55. Uh, It's the divisional round of the playoffs. Rank these teams in terms of who you want to play the most to the least. Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and the Chargers. Seems like any of those teams could lose their division and make a Uh, Make for a top-tier six seed. Um, The team I least want to play is Buffalo still. Yeah. 100,000% large gap. Buffalo, large gap for me. Um, Second team I'd least want to play, actually, Miami, uh, believe it or not. Cincinnati sits there in the middle for me. Baltimore, then the Chargers, I think. So the team I want to play most of the Chargers, then Baltimore, then Cincinnati.
2: What's your what's your logic on Baltimore? That pass defense is just rough and so you would expect that you'd be able to churn out some yardage and be able to control the game a little bit more on that one? Well, I'm not a Lamar hater.
1: Mm-hmm. Lamar doesn't pass consistently enough to sustain success in the playoffs. So I that happen I I'm fine taking that. So that's 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 a big factor for me.
2: I might flip those two just because of game plan. It, it, just defending Lamar is different than defending yeah. Burrow. You hit Burrow enough times. Like, I mean, he's not going to quit or anything like that, but that offensive line is trash. And <laughs> Justin Houston's having a hell of a year over there for Baltimore. Yeah. Like, he's having a hell, hell of a year. He'll be it motivated. He'll be motivated. So, but yeah, I, I think we all agree. Chargers, bot, bottom of this pile. If the, if the Patriots were in here, if you wanted to throw them in there, which currently they are, um, that they would clearly be the bottom. Oh, bottom yeah. I'd rather pile. play the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. No. Not, yeah, yeah.
1: No doubt about it. Grayson asks, Graper, straw, b- grape or strawberry jelly and crunchy or creamy peanut butter? It's a
2: great question. I mean, strawberry jelly, okay. clearly. I mean, that's, that's, that's an easy one there. And then I... <sighs> It's weird for me because I buy the all-natural stuff. So there's inherently it's basically a bit just a crunch. Yeah.
1: yeah, that doesn't so, count. No, that doesn't <laughs>
2: count.
1: It's so closed. crunchy. Okay, you're you're regular old Peter Pan. You're taking the crunchy. We're not no, not this not this not this natural crap.
2: I don't know that it's not crap. I don't know that <laughs> I have a strong like opinion crap. either way between one of the two of them. Strawberry jelly, yes, but the, not 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 one way or the other on the peanut butter. The correct
1: answer is <laughs> strawberry jelly and crunchy peanut butter. But the but the Maddie answer that might be more correct is it doesn't matter. All of them are great. Now, if you want to, I, I I know you're going to stand for strawberry jelly. I'm not I'm not turning my nose at a grape and peanut butter or grape jelly and peanut butter sandwich. Um, and it's still going to be good, and you're still going to like it.
2: You're, are you going to turn your nose at that, you snob? Am I going to turn that? No, I'm just thinking my life choices because we kind of aligned on a food take, and <laughs> I think we all, I think we all know where I should be aligned and. Now I'm confused. So. it kind
1: of I'll be honest with you, it kind of feels like anytime I'm on the show, mm-hmm. there are more food questions because there's a genuine curiosity about some of my food takes, <laughs> which my food takes are not as bad as Craig and Maddie try to make them sound. That's I refuse think, I no, I refuse to accept this slander. But it is funny to I just feels like I get a lot of food questions when I'm on the show. <laughs> um okay let's see here um case oh joel pennson how close are you to getting irrational about kadarius tony
2: oh man uh, i i'm the wet blanket right now so i'm not close yet um now you want to tell me another two weeks playing like <laughs> you did i i will be irrational i will be in you know completely irrational here kent is Irrational. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think. I can safely say that you yeah. definitely are irrational about the man. You go off. What about what we've seen? Isn't repeatable. It is exactly. It is. Like we see more ste- wide receiver things. That's all.
1: I. I. We, and okay. I am. Ugh, I am not trying to dunk on a McCole Hardman or a Sky Moore, but we've seen more receiver things out of him than we've seen from those two. I mean the I will little not
2: argue anything different. Yeah.
1: So, like, what is what's the problem here? We've got a I guy don't... that can run the jet sc- the jet stuff that, that can actually kind of create a little bit more on that jet mm-hmm. stuff with the contact balance, with the fluidity, with the change of direction ability. We've seen him go up and get the football. We've seen him run that little skip route. What more football things? What more receiver things do you need to do to not get irrationally excited about? This is a this is the hundred and third pick in the draft and a fifth-round
2: pick or a sixth-round oh, pick. Yeah. He's like, well worth the picks. He's so they, well worth the picks. What are like, we not getting excited about? I We're not getting fully excited because this team needs a receiver-receiver, and they already have two guys that can do the things that he does, not maybe to the level that he's doing them, and that's fine. You want to say that you got better in those roles. Sure. But, man, if you're talking about this weekend, you're going to line him up and say, okay, you are slotting straight in for Juju Smith-Schuster, who is likely not going to play. No, you're not. You, are you going to put him in the MVS role and say, okay, go run that route tree? No, no. you're probably not. So, like, uh, you still got a receiver issue. Now, that being said, maybe Sky Moore develops into one of those. Kadarius Tony can be used in this role. There's still plenty of room for both of them. I'm not trying to say otherwise, and I'm excited about him for the future, but... I think you but, still need Juju. You still need MVS.
1: Why can't the irrational excitement also be about the future? Like, I think because you've got to into
2: on this one.
1: <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to take that into consideration too, because like, sure. Like we're sure. seeing all this stuff to get excited about. Just not just for this year, but like the next three, cause they have them under club sure. control for the next two years. That's all. Yeah. Casey from Casey. Do the rookies get tired in the second half of the season or do they continue their collective improvement? So, there is a rookie wall. Like some of these guys will hit this wall, but like, I think the thing that you have to the advantage of the chiefs, I think with maybe not everybody across the board, but some players like, okay, let's talk about Trent McDuffie. Is he going to hit the rookie wall in week eight? You know, is he going to hit the rookie wall in week 13 after he's only played five games, six games, whatever it is. Like, I think that, Some of these guys, like Isaiah Pacheco really didn't have a huge role in the first half of the season, and now he's going to come on strong. Sky Moore, I don't think he's hitting the wall. He hasn't got to play too much. Like, I think the volume and the usage for some of these guys makes me think that you're probably not going to see them hit that same kind of wall. Maybe not everybody across the board. Maybe a guy that's got thrown in the fire a little bit, like a Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams, maybe.
2: But George Koloftis could be one. But I just... I don't think so. I do think, and I wrote an article about this uh, earlier this week, so go to that Substack, click the link right down here, and then while you're down there clicking that link, hit like, share, subscribe, help us out. Um, But I wrote an article about Steve Spagnolo's midseason turns and how those have kind of synced up over the years, whether or not they're real, what factors have kind of factored into either hot starts or quick turnarounds and things like that. And by and large, it has come with the health and involvement of rookies along with some of this stuff. So there are elements of this where the rookies get more put on their plate as the season goes along. And it's why I was kind of excited to see Trent McDuffie come in because I thought, hey, maybe we're going to start seeing more varied coverage schemes. Maybe we're going to start seeing some more stuff out of the back end of the secondary, and we haven't yet, but maybe that's still coming. And if that comes, there's a there's a good chance that all of a sudden, all these teams that have been watching all this tape of the Chiefs, which they don't have any tape of all these rookie corners, all they have yeah. at the NFL level is just the Chiefs running this cover two, static cover two. They're turning around, and start throwing some wrinkles. Yeah, holy cow! Like those are unscouted looks. Those yeah. are those are things that are difficult. Now I'm sure teams are. Looking at Spagnuolo's history, it's not like they're going to be completely caught off guard by some of this stuff. But there are elements here that I'm sure they're working on that these rookies are going to be put in even better chances to succeed. So I I think that this group especially, yes, they can hit a rookie wall. But I think this group especially is kind of tailor-made to overcome some of that stuff. It's it's the football character. I mean, we said it 32,000 times during the draft when we were covering it live. It's football character. And I think all these guys are ready for that, are bought in. And so I don't know that we're going to see the wall get hit this year. I think they're going to get stronger. Isaac Hugh uh, and Abe Froman kind of uh,
1: tag team this. So we got, we got who does who does the Casey laboratory presented by M bank voiceover. I'm not going to do the impression. I probably could do it, but I'm not going to, uh, to start ev- the lab episode. And he also asks, uh, and then Abe Froman asks where the sweet guitar riff comes from. So I don't remember who did the voiceover. I can't tell you that for sure. Um, I wish I had a better answer. I think the guitar riff is just like a royalty free music that we have, you know, you, you have access to. It's kind of like, uh, and this reminds me of a story of, um, so uh the the AP laboratory uh-huh. I remember it's so like the, the the song for that it was like the 8-bit sound the little chip tune thing yeah. yeah yeah Um, Oklahoma State for their recruiting class did like a video game theme and used the exact same song that we were using for our our yeah. uh, our show so like it's not some it's not some music we like own necessarily it's we we paid for the right to use it but it's not like It's like a royalty free music that, you know, so that's, that's the story behind that. That's most, most, most podcasts you like. I know,
2: I know, but I mean, we, we could have lied and said, Oh yeah, Maddie is an excellent guitar player. (laughs) And BJ just drops his voice like three octaves and, (laughs) and read that. Uh, Abe Froman asks, what is uh, Rojo's outlook for
1: the rest of the season? Any chance he'll be back next year? I think there's zero chance he's back next year and i don't know if there's a role for him i think he's inventory right now that sounds kind of like a dehumanizing thing to say but like that's kind of what it feels like it feels like he's inventory at the running back position uh it sounds like he wanted to be released um very much so uh <laughs> but yeah um i
2: i just don't i don't think there's a role for him um so do you have something to am mad yeah, if Eno Benjamin, the Chiefs put in a claim on Eno Benjamin this week, if they had landed him, guess who wouldn't be on the <laughs> roster anymore? Yeah. yeah, that should tell you all. Uh, you
1: need to know.
4: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Casey Crisp, uh, what is a realistic best case and worst case scenario for Skymore's career trajectory? Through the end of his rookie contract. I I'd be honest with you guys, I don't think there's a reason to be like overly negative or positive about the outlook of his career. It's just so early. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are gonna say, well, McCall got involved very quickly. Well, hold McCall had a very defined role on a less deep receiving group. McCall was competing against Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. There's a lot more depth in competition. Maybe not the top tier guy, but two through four is a lot deeper. So he hasn't been able to break through in a major way yet. But I think you see elements of of reason to be excited, give him time to pick up that offense. I I don't really have a ton of concerns about
2: him finding a role long term.
1: Yeah. No, yes? Anything else?
2: No, no, I fully agree with all of that. I'm not worried about him. I'm also not super hyped at this point, especially since Kadarius Tony walked right in and I found a role for him. Yeah. So clearly got a different role playing for Sky Moore. I I just want to see more of what that role is supposed to be.
1: Worst case scenario, he's a 300 yard receiver at the end. He's, he's, he's got, you know, he's like a Demarcus Robinson. That's the low end high end. I think he can be an 800 yard, 900 yard receiver. Mm -hmm. Still, I still think that's in his range of outcomes. Um, Kay Gumminger, what is your cold weather game day hack when going to Arrowhead that you're most proud of? I have one. Do you have
2: one? I mean, it it largely involves just, drinking. I was gonna say,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yours is probably I just drink a lot of beer. So mine and is, I hug
2: I, everybody that I see and just get body warmth from everybody I okay. see. And I think Christian's asking that to stay warm while he's taking the kids around there for our charity event. So <laughs> you shouldn't just get drunk and hug random people while you're walking the charity kids around.
1: I don't know if this is good. I'm probably going to have someone tell me after this, like, you probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> um, I take hand warmers and put them in my shoe. Yeah. And I know there's specific feet warmers, but like, I stick it on the top of my foot. Mm. Like on the top of my toes. And I don't know if you're technically supposed to do that, but it's worked well for me. Like, it's it's not the same. It's like the top of the toes. It's, it's, it's worked wonder- wonderfully, but, you know, it gets a little... <laughs> A little toasty by the end of the day. Um, Robbie asks how Justin Reed is doing. We were so hyped for him in the offseason, but I continue to see him blow plays. What do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, the Justin Reed question is one of those that, uh, you know, I've been trying to kind of avoid talking about it too much because the Chiefs are playing fairly static on the back end. You know, they're they're not asking a ton of their safeties to rotate around and do too terribly much. But as we've seen the season go along, he hasn't been particularly good. Neither he nor Wanthorn Hill. Uh they're struggling to stay or struggling to react quickly to the boundary to try and get over and try and help some of these guys. And when you're playing cover two, you have to have safeties that could definitely do that because they're just playing half of the field. And then when they're filling the alley, they're not doing a good job tackling. Um, when they're asked to come up and run support, they're not really playing through blockers very well, which I mean it's a safety, so there's only so much you can ask them to do, but They're being put in these positions and they're not looking good in like any of them. And I think that 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 is the big issue there. It's not just that, oh, okay, Spagnuolo's running cover two all the time. You know, they're not giving them a chance to do X, Y, Z, move these guys around and all that. They've now been in these same shells for pretty much the, the entire season. And I haven't seen an improvement from any of these guys. If anything, they may have gotten a little bit worse. And I, it's a little bit worrisome because it is a guy that we like, and we like the skill set. It is the same with Juan, like the skill set, like the player don't necessarily like the on-field product as it stands right now. So I would like to see some improvement. There's still plenty of time. I mean, hell there, there were years of the past three seasons where we pointed to Tyron Matthew and be like, man, he is slipping. And then right at the end of the year, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, never mind. there. There's that dude again. Yeah. That That matters. So, I, I I I there's still plenty of time. Spagnuolo knows how to get the most out of his safety. So does Dave Merritt. He he really is a great safety coach. So I want to see a little bit more. But I have been thoroughly whelmed so far this season by Justin Reed.
1: I think it's fair. I do. I think it it's all entirely fair. Very whelmed. Whelmed is the right word. And there are some low lights that. Probably stick with some people. I want to shout out Layton Y forty four. He asked a Frank Clark question as well as very similar. I'll just add a little anecdote before we get out. I called him Tony on uh, mail pat mailbag episodes back in the day at AP. So sorry, buddy. I finally figured it out. It took me like halfway through, but uh, I did. I called him Tony for the longest time. That's been. 21 questions. Thank you for everyone that has you know asked some questions. Thanks for everyone that supports KC Sports Network. We love doing this, uh, and we love answering questions from the KCSN Discord. We'll catch y'all later.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?